Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Talking to me? Welcome to Arya, talking to me, a Game of Thrones podcast, hosted by two friendly little fellows. My name's Benjamin Vernell, stage name Ben Vernell, and I'm joined by my friend, a comedian and a Game of Thrones fan, Adam Knox. Hello, Adam. How are you? Hello. My stage name is Johnny Stageman. Great. That's a funny, that's a funny stage name. It's me. Johnny Stageman. I'm terrified it, up here. <laughs> it's weird you don't actually use that name when you perform anywhere. Well, it's my stage name, and I've never um, never been a stage. Only on mm. one. That's fair. That's fair. Hey. Um, <laughs> we're clearly both in the mood to be funny, which is great, <laughs> because <laughs> this is a comedy podcast. Uh, no, it's not. It's a Game of Thrones podcast. We both love uh, TV, and specifically we love the the show Game of Thrones. It's a very interesting television show to talk about, and we're here today, this week, to talk about the finale of season three. We just uh, we just had the Red Wedding. It was massive. It was uh, great. I, I love that episode, and so do you. We talked about it last week. But we're here to, to just uh, tie up a few loose threads. Yeah. What is the name of this episode? It's called A Sort of Homecoming, I believe. Right. Is it? Uh, or is that the, just the title of this recap? Uh, well, let me double check. Because <laughs> I'm pretty Game. sure that's the title of this recap. Homecoming just seems like a word. Yeah, I think it's called Misha. Oh, okay. Misa. Misa. Yeah, yeah. The thing, the Misa, the thing they say at the end. Oh, I've already forgotten the end of the episode, and I watched it last night, so... <laughs> <laughs> when uh, when Daenerys is walking in, the one Daenerys scene. Oh, sure, okay. Misa. Misa Faulty. <laughs> <laughs> Misa Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> and that's yeah, funny. Yeah, the word homecoming definitely didn't feel like the sort of word that would be in a Game of Thrones title. No, uh... Fuck you, Entertainment Weekly. We're never using your recaps again. The worst recaps. Like, we, we look for ones that are in sort of um, chronological order because yep. that's just, the I think, the better way to talk about a show is the way it happens. But Entertainment yes. Weekly, I mean, these are, what, five years old now? Something like that, very yeah. irritatingly written recaps. Really classic TV recap style, which is obnoxious and not quite funny enough to say out loud, but funny enough to think you should write it down. Yeah, just the sort of like um, general vague pop culture references like, oh boy, Jamie's hand's missing. What is he, bad in MasterChef? 
and cut his hand <laughs> off in Master Chef. Remember Master Chef, everybody? Totally. It's and it's 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 a shitty pop culture reference that's usually very very topical and won't mm. be relevant after a, a week, let alone five years. Yeah. Uh, when it's, I when I notice one as we go through, the, I mean, like to be fair, we could do our well. I, okay, right at the start, <laughs> right at the start, the person who's written this is talking about. Oh God, I need to see a doctor because of uh, the Red Wedding. Like, do you guys watch Game of Thrones? I'm assuming so. Do you watch TNT's Rizzolian Isles? Oh yeah, fucking hell! <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? What does that no, even no, that, mean? No, it's it's. I don't know. Our thing is eternal and completely timeless. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's an audio recap. But yeah, we, we're using these recaps as a, as a guide just because um, it's better than writing down notes while you're watching the episode. I know that I like deliberately don't write notes as much as possible because I want to try and stay in the episode as much as I can. Yeah, I used to write notes for every episode that we did. I think just for the first season, maybe. Um but it's, I think it's more uh, honest to just watch it and then talk about it afterwards. Yeah. I don't, I, writing notes throughout something turns it into a different piece of, uh, piece of work. Yes, I agree. Which is, uh, I think, uh, an opinion that every single other critic of any other filmed <laughs> medium disagrees with. I, I, I'm pretty sure most um, reviewers like write notes, but... Uh, no, I I agree, and I'm happy for us to be uh, a couple of unique little snowflakes. I look, r- note-taking is a skill that if I was better at note-taking, I could do it without thinking about it, but note-taking takes me out of it. Yeah, totally, totally, and I don't think that's ridiculous. Uh, let's talk about this episode. It's, yeah, there's a lot of, like I said, it's a lot of um, thread tying, you know, loose ends. Um we start off uh, with Roose Bolton, the betrayer Roose Bolton, looking over that giant um, encampment um, and watching all of the North, the Northmen, the Stark soldiers from Winterfell getting uh, their shit really fucked up. I don't remember any of this. I should have taken some notes. <laughs> no, yeah, he, uh, he does like a very sort of villainous stair climb. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's like super cartoony, and then looks over, and it's like one of those sort of a lot of budget went into this last episode, where there's a proper idea of the scale of everyone who's here. And totally, yeah, the Starks are getting fucking murdered. Yes, uh, we see. So this is this. I remember the first time I watched this episode. You know, many years ago, seven years ago now. I think is that right? Seven years ago? Yeah, Jesus. Five. Five was it? Five. Yeah, 2013. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I didn't really get what was going on here. It happens quite quickly, but it's a bunch of, I guess, Bolton soldiers holding up Rob's dead body. Yeah, they've cut off the body and put the head of the uh, dire wolf. Uh, what was yeah. his dire wolf's name? Gra- Craig? Greywind. <laughs> Greywind, Craig that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, it's been like attached to the dead body, and they're like, "Here comes the king in the north. Here mm. comes the king in the north." And uh, the hound and Arya, <laughs> like the hound, can see this and be fine. He's a bit of a psycho, but Arya yeah. seeing this is like, "Cover her eyes up, mate." Yeah, yeah. Turn her away. Just smack her on the head again, like you did at the end of last episode. Uh, yeah, Just... keep bonking her because, like, <laughs> yeah. this is a fucking. This is the second time that she has seen a headless version mm. of one of her family members. 
Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, it's no good, and it's probably going to have an effect on her, I'm going to say. Some kind of emotional uh, impact. Yeah, I reckon possibly even very, very quickly. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know about that. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, Arya sees that they they fuck off. Um, it's very disturbing. And um, then we, we switch locations. We smash cut to King's Landing. And Tyrion's having a having a chat to Sansa. Yeah, that scene before as well at the at the twins with all the um, the Starks. Die. It's just there to be like a reinforcement of like, no, 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 this actually happened, and mm, the Starks mm, are mm. totally actually fucked. Nobody got yeah, away. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's a good point. The the army's fucked. Their entire war effort is over. Don't have any second thoughts about some, you know, Ed Muir rising to lead the armies to victory. It's yeah. it's done. Because later lost. on, we we uh, this isn't in the scene yet, but it's a detail in a scene later on. Mm. They say like Ed Muir's in the dungeon, and the Blackfish did get away, but he's an old man. Yes, yes, that's a good point. Yeah, but so yeah, we go over to King's Landing where. Um, Tyrion and, and Sansa are walking through them beautiful gardens they've got down in King's Landing. Yes, walking and down people, that one the one hallway of the gardens that we always see over and over again. Yep. And uh, people are just openly laughing at them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh dear. Really not making any any effort not to laugh at these too high. Like you'd think, with the amount that shit changes there, people mm. would be smart mm. enough not to assume that anyone who's vaguely important might not be more important later. Yeah, totally. I mean, we've seen even like uh, prominent characters like Cersei basically, you know, gloat over victory when surely they, you know, people. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. Like people have to know that things change on a fucking dime at that place. Totally. But whatever, everyone's arrogant and overconfident, I guess. Mm. And they're having mm. to walk along, talking pretty openly with each other. Like, they're seeming to get along okay here. Totally. Like, we saw last week, I think it was last week, or possibly the week before, where Tyrion sort of is like, hey, I'm not going to root you. <laughs> I've, I'm have ba- I'm going to uh, betray my father's uh, request. I'm not going to be a dick to you. Um and even even in that scene, Sansa is still scared of Tyrion, and the whole thing's very uneasy. But yeah, you're right. They they're talking quite comfortably here. They they both seem to be on the same page now. Yeah, I think she's starting to see that he's you know he's a man with character, and so Shay is mm. uh, following them up behind, and they're just having this nice conversation that could be between an uncle and a niece. And Shay yeah. is like shooting daggers at Tyrion for some totally. reason. Totally. He's it, it, you're right. It's it's a platonic friendly conversation and Shay's yeah, clearly like I I am so jealous now. Yeah. What do you want him to do? Yeah. You'd be you a dick. know exactly <laughs> what the situation is. Like calm yeah. down. Yeah. You wouldn't want him to act like a dick to Sansa cuz that would mean that he would be a dick and that's not who you love. Yeah, exactly. And like you're still keeping up the ruse of pretending that you're someone that you're not. Mm, and that's mm. all that he's doing. So, Absolutely. like, I, I just don't get what her problem is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I yeah, get so what it was initially, but, like, this place is awful and you've deliberately put yourself into the, this position where you are in King's Landing where everyone is doing this exact same shit, pretending to be someone they're not yeah. for the sake of 
advancing their political ambition. So that's all he's doing and just either let it happen or fuck off. And he's not even necessarily doing that specifically. What he's doing in, in this moment is being nice to a young girl who's been put into a shit situation. He's not, he right. isn't even being sort of uh, a fake um, manipulator for, for political gain in this scene. He's just being nice. Sure. And yeah, he's not being fake, I don't think, for political gain necessarily as much as survival in this particular situation. Mm, mm. So, yeah, yep. I just a little bit of an attitude adjustment, please. <laughs> well, I'm sure that's going to happen to that character very soon. And it, um, it also turns out that Sansa has never heard the word shit. Oh, yeah. Fucking hell. That's... Uh, Which I absolutely ugh. did not believe. That was like a little detail that seems nice on paper, but makes no fucking sense logically in the in this world. Yeah. There's, there's no way she could be that sheltered. There's soldiers at Winterfell. There's, you know, there's just... There's people around. Joffrey would have called her a little shit to her face or something, probably. Like, she's totally. had a rough couple of years or however long it's been. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, that scene, I also... Yeah, the, the kind of point is, like, Sansa is like, mate... Like, because Tyrion's sort of like, you know, I'm, um, I may be a Lannister, but boy, I'm, uh, treated like a piece of shit. Uh, they call me stupid names and uh, I'm mocked constantly. And she's like, well, you know, I'm the daughter of a traitor to the crown and, uh, everyone fucking hates me. And they kind of bond over that, which is, uh, yeah, which is nice. Yeah. Definitely not a shifty scene. Fucking no. Saying that she didn't know the word shit. But, uh,. <laughs> Podrick runs up and he's and tells Tyrion that there's a small council meeting. Ah, yeah. Um, Joffrey's called it and he's fucking beaming from ear to ear about whatever he's just heard, which we know yeah. obviously is Rob's death. Rob's death, yeah. The successful execution of uh, this little plan with the Lannisters and and Roose Bolton. Um, yep. Which I'm not entirely sure. Do we? What do you, what do you assume actually has happened here in, in in the the setting up and execution of this plan? I assume that uh, Tywin has heard about the marriage between mm-hmm. Rob and Talisa and thought, "Oh, good uh, thing." Oh, Walder Frey will see that as a slight. I can probably convince him to. Maybe Roose Bolton has gone to the Lannisters as well. He seems to have really taken a disliking to rob yeah i i feel like he we and we we i think we commented on it at the time possibly in the sealed section that ruse really noted to lisa he took note of what was going on he even raised it i believe at one of their meetings one of their war meetings like be be careful here dude and um he's I think yeah, we we noted like Roos has has filed this away in the back of his head to do something with, and maybe he's just wanted to seize power the whole time, and and yeah, took the opportunity. But it's not it's not entirely clear. I probably assumed no. also Ty- Tywin's involved somehow because he is the smartest guy in in any room. Well, and I don't know how like maybe Jamie was a conduit between Roos and Tywin. Mm, mm. At some point, that, yeah. Although he gets home during this episode, so that can't be it. No, you're right. No, you're right. Because Jamie isn't Jamie, but Jamie's the one who says to Roos, the Lannisters tell them the Lannisters send their regards. So uh, someone must have talked to the Boltons before Jamie met with Roos Bolton. Yeah, they've got to have gotten a little raveny. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. But uh, 
yeah, it, Tywin seems to know exactly what the fuck's going on, and he hears mm. this, and he hears Walder Frey's annoyed, and he goes to Walder Frey with like a, "Hey, how about this? Mm. Maybe." Because mm-hmm. yeah, um, he flat out yeah. says later on in the scene that Walder Frey is not brave enough or smart enough to uh, betray Rob mm-hmm. on his own mm-hmm. of his own volition. So yeah, Tywin has made this plan happen, but yeah. uh, when Some, somehow, yeah, yeah, exactly when they when. Uh, Tyrion reads this little letter with the simplest code saying, like, the wolf is dead. And he's like, what does that mean? A literal wolf? Are you talking about an actual wolf? What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty dim for him. Um, t- t- uh, Joffrey starts saying that, like, I'm going to make her eat her brother's head. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, he's getting more and more ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, and Tyrion basically steps in. He says, "No, you can't do that. She's going to be my wife," and he uses that. She's going to be what? Sorry, system. She's going to be she- his. <laughs> what is she going to be? She's going to be Tyrion says, and so this is coming from Tyrion's perspective. I hope you realize, right? Right. So he says to uh, to Joffrey, "You can't do that because she is going to be my." <laughs> uh, I didn't. I was worried that it wouldn't be funny, but it was funny. <laughs> I was worried as well. <laughs> uh, when I when I uh, said it, I was like, "Oh no, I set him up for a fall." Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, it's still good. It's like farting. It's always funny. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Tyrion sticks up for for Sansa. Yeah, and Joffrey goes off. He goes off at, at Tyrion. He flies off the handle. He's like, "I can do whatever I want. I'll, you know, I'll fucking make her eat her brother's head." And uh, that's when Tyrion rocks. Ty, Tywin rocks up, and um, he starts basically uh, chipping away at Joffrey's uh, pride and uh, and position. And Joffrey doesn't like it. Doesn't like it in the way of like a you know a child. He's yeah. been sent off to bed, literally. Yep. And uh, he's going, like, he's screaming, I'm not tired. Yes. Yeah. Which is definitely yeah, I- a move that I used to pull when I was extremely tired. <laughs> totally. You wouldn't have pulled it if you weren't so tired. It uh, really, you know, it makes you, makes you unstable. Yeah, because, like, <clears throat> Tyrion threatens Joffrey. He says, look, kings are dying all over the place. You watch yourself. Mm. Mm. And then... Joffrey's like, hey, fuck you. I, I'm definitely not going to die. I'm the only one here who's immortal in this entire country. I'm mm. arrogant. Um, yep. And then insults Tywin, saying yeah. he was hiding under Casterly Rock during all of the the war between, uh, you know, uh, Robert Baratheon and... Uh, and the Targaryens. The powers that be. Mm. And uh, that is the bit where, like... Tyrion going, I'm going to kill you, Joffrey. And Joffrey going like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to kill you. Everyone's like, ah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, totally. This is just family bickering. But fucking Joffrey insulting Tywin, everybody goes, oh, shit. Because Tywin's re- the real king. Like, everyone yeah. knows that. Like, the, the, when you, there have been scenes where people have insulted Joffrey, you know, commoners or, or Tyrion, or it's happened in public, and people are like, oh, you can't insult the king. That's treason. That's That's the worst thing you can do. But... This is, you know, a family scene with no one else around. And 
Joffrey insults Tywin, and everyone in the room realizes that Joffrey has insulted the actual king. He's the guy with the real power. Tywin is the one that you actually can't mess with, and he's messed with him. Totally. Um, there was a little bit at the start of the scene as well that I wanted to mention where um, Maester, um, Grand Maester Pycelle, mm-hmm. drops the little note on purpose and makes Tyrion pick it up. That dude sucks. Uh, he's the worst. He's such a cunt. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so Joffrey gets sent off to bed. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tywin tries to make the mace to give him some deadly nightshade to get him off to sleep. Like, just a big old fuck you, remember who's in power here. Yeah. And then uh, Tywin and Tyrion have a little chat. Uh, Tywin basically, like, Tyrion says, okay, well, you clearly did this. You killed Rob. Mm-hmm. And uh, says, like, well, this was at a wedding. That's gross. And Tywin's like, is it? Is any, killing anyone anywhere any grosser than anywhere else? Why is it better to kill a billion people in a battle than half a billion <laughs> at a wedding? Because he says, like, a dozen at dinner. Yeah. And it's like, motherfucker, you kill more than a dozen. Yeah, you basically set up two soldiers behind every one of their soldiers outside and, and simultaneously massacred them all. It's like, that was thousands of people. Yeah. Don't, uh... Don't pretend as though you've you've turned the tram towards one person here. <laughs> Very good. But, um, uh, yeah, then they have yeah. another fucking talk about Tywin's whole, like, family comes first bullshit. Yes. Yeah, yeah, family comes first, and that's the only reason that I didn't drown you in a fucking ocean when you were born, you little weird man. That's Yeah, you clearly love your family, Tywin. Mm. He's Yeah, he's a dick to Cersei, which, you know, deserve it or not, he is a dick to his daughter... And he says he wishes he uh, he could have drowned his his son Tyrion when he was born, but he couldn't because it was like that internal catch twenty two paradox of like I want to kill him because he's uh, he makes me ashamed of my family, but he is my family, so I can't kill him. What a weird guy Tywin is. Yeah, but you're a Lannister, damn it, and I couldn't. Mm. And there does seem to be a little bit of genuine like that being a Lannister means a lot to me behind his eyes, you know, and you being a Lannister sure. means that you mean something to me. But also, I just don't buy his whole thing of legacy and family being more than an extension of his selfishness. Yeah, totally. Yeah, the the family is a means to uh, an end for, for him on a, on a selfish personal level, which is, you know, power and, and personal legacy, I think. I think he just right. wants to live on forever. Um, but even, yeah, like what you said um, about how being a Lannister means something to, t- to Tywin and, and Tyrion being a Lannister, you know, therefore means something to Tywin. It's so, it's impersonal. It's so impersonal. It's like you wear a red hat. So I love you because I love red hats. Well, it's like, no, you just love red hats. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, I mean, but yeah, not exactly because that's an insane <laughs> analogy. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> but yes, precisely. <laughs> um, um, so we we sh- uh, shall we swing back over to the other uh, location um, in this episode? We've got uh, what, what's happening here. Well, so is- there. This is the little bit where uh, Walder Frey and um, Ruth Bolton are having a little post-game chat. And, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. Ruth Bolton seems to be like, oh, boy, that was some crazy shit we just did. But Lord Frey is like, fucking, 
We did it. I'm the best. I'm the least creepy youngest man. I'm the coolest. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, this is where they say Edmure in the dungeons. Yeah. Uh, The Blackfish escaped, but who gives a fuck? I'll get Mm -hmm. a new young bride, so at least I've got that to look forward to. Creepy old man. Uh, But, yeah, Bruce basically says, Rob was really arrogant and ignored all of my advice, and if he hadn't been like that, I wouldn't have betrayed him. But... I didn't trust him is basically what he says. Right. Yeah. Oh, I like a combination of not trusting him and also going like he didn't make me a focus. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah, you can see I think you always kind of could could sense that a bit with Roose Bolton. He 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 was going to be okay being the second in command as long as he had a, a significant influence on the first in command. It it felt like Right. It seems like whenever, when Ned Stark died, it was kind mm. of like Roos wanted to see some power. Totally. The, the wheels started turning immediately for him. Yeah. 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 Completely. So, yeah, they just have a little bit of a, uh, <clears throat> a, a debrief together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I get why Roos Bolton did it. He's no different to anybody else. He's like, well, I want power for me and my family. And it turns out that he does have a family. He's got a young little bastard who he sent to Winterfell. <laughs> and via the medium of cutting to a person's face after mentioning a name, yes. we find out that the person who's been torturing Theon is his bastard, uh, Ramsay Snow. That's it, Ramsay Snow. We've avoided talking about it, uh, spoiling it in every single uh, episode in the lead up to this. But we knew it all along. First time watchers. Uh, I wonder what your reaction was to this revelation because I don't think I picked this ahead of time. I don't think I had any reason to because we didn't know Roose Bolton had a bastard son. But He um, said that he's got a bastard who he's sent to Winterfell and like he's mentioned him a couple of times, but you don't think that Ramsay is in the places where Roose is saying his bastard is. Yes, sure. Yes, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, he has, yeah, he's specifically been misleading to Theon, um, and I suppose the show has done the same to the audience. But yeah, fuck, this is Ramsay. This is Ramsay Bolton, or Ramsay Snow. Yeah, yeah, so he's the Bolton boy, but he's a Snow because he's a bastard from the north. Mm. And that is the naming convention I I learned uh, after some amount of time watching this show is that like people from the north are called snow yes people from uh the very south where um we haven't met anyone from there yet but where um what's that bloody other city called one down the I bottom <laughs> i don't know which one where they're called sand the the one we haven't seen yet oh the uh, dawn dawn that's it the dawn is called right. something sand Right. Uh, like people from the city are called something brick or whatever. It's just like <laughs> the sort of environment they're from dictates their, their bastard surname. Right. It's because it's like the least personal and most general thing that it could be. Right. They're not from the family. They're from the area. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you're from the north, I guess you're snow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um, uh, but yeah, it's Ramsey. Yeah, yep. He's sitting there. Dr. Ramsey. <laughs> Hanging Good. out. Good and shit. Right after, right after cutting off Theon's dick is eating a big old sausage. So this, I've already spoken uh, a lot on this podcast about how the torture scenes have made me really feel awful in a, in a way that I previously was just like, yeah, okay, I, I you know, um, 
intellectually realize this is a torture scene, but I'm not emotionally affected by it. I just am getting affected by it more and more uh, on this second watch through. Um, it's awful. It's really bad. Mm. He's fucking so up he, his brain and body. Yeah, it's it's and he's doing it. And like you've you've mentioned before, uh, the the build up to these scenes. I guess we've mentioned it in the in the sealed section. The 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 build up to this revelation and the effect that uh, Ramsey's having on Theon is done extremely well. Like it's done effectively. It's portrayed well. Ramsey is good at being a sociopath, and he has broken down Theon. And um, yeah, I, I really like Alfie Allen's performance in this uh, scene specifically. It's um, it's bad. It's bad shit. Yeah, I like uh, it's like you and something who plays Ramsey as well. But yeah, the um, the whole Bolton clan. I guess there's only two people. Yeah, but the two Boltons sort of rising up to prominence as villains is done well during this season. I think. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's both both Roos and Ramsey's uh, arcs within the season are done very subtly. Mm. It's funny so, yeah. as well because. It's the same thing, like, it's the same show introduces Ramsey and Roos as these villains that, and they take their time. And then the same show also just puts fucking Dario Naharis right at the Queen's oh, side yeah. with, like, very little justification. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and and even the the scene last week where he sort of uh, ingratiated himself, uh, you know, just about entirely uh, in that, um, uh, what would you call it, the, the royal sort of council i guess you know their yeah. um their impromptu the top royal brass. council yeah the top gra- top brass yeah, that all of that stuff was executed so ham-handedly as well well there's like a few i mean and you know daenerys is a different person but there's a few what? bits where she's had to just go hey i for some reason trust you yeah 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 totally yeah even the stuff um, with Missandei, her translator, she just decides to trust her and like her at some point. And like Missandei's totally. never done anything to 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 invite suspicion, but she also just yeah decides like yeah you're my friend. Grey Worm. Mm. Mm. Even uh, you know bloody guys come over from Westeros, who's a good sword fighter, not Jorah. B- uh, Barristan. Barristan Selmy. She's like okay, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, someone yeah. from over there has already tried to murder me, but yeah, no, <laughs> fucking hang out. Totally, and the, I guess there might be an element of her being surrounded previously by people who were actively trying to kill her or, mm. y- you know, um, s- subjugate her. But uh, she seems to, to to take the slightest um, hint of positivity and friendliness, and go like, "Oh yeah, cool, yeah, come on, come come on board." It's maybe maybe she's an amazing judge of character because no one's really betrayed her yet, except for that guy who killed like all of the fucking uh, Dothraki when they were hanging out. Also, the witch woman. Yeah, actually, she's an <laughs> idiot. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this scene with Ramsay and Theon. Ramsay is eating pork sausages and taunting Theon about his uh, dick that got cut off. And Theon is broken. He is completely and entirely psychologically broken in this scene, and it's all portrayed with uh, with such skill that it made me it made my skin crawl and it made me feel very awful. Yeah, because Ramsay t- towards the end of this scene goes up to him and is like, "I'm going to start calling you Reek because you fucking stink." Yeah. What's your name? And it convinces him to call himself Reek. Yeah, he slaps him in the face. He, you know, it's it it looks very painful. Theon resists. You know, 
he he he's already asked him to fucking kill him to end it. But even at this point, he still says, "My name is Theon Greyjoy." Um, but Ramsay literally yeah. beats it out of him. It takes two punches. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, maybe he deserved it. Uh, but yeah, fuck, what a scene. I, I thought it was really good. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, so now. Yeah, it's the night fort on the wall. We move over to the night fort next where yep, uh, it is. Bran and uh, all those people are. They're, they're up at the wall. They are, They've yes. made it there. And yep. I guess... Can't get through? Yeah, I'm not sure. I guess they don't... Maybe they don't know how to get down or or something. Uh, yeah. It's not entirely clear. Because the whole this whole section just takes place in one room, right? Yeah. And they're yeah. like, oh, God, should we hang out here? Should we actually just sleep outside instead? Because is this inside bit dangerous? Mm. But mm. Uh, they end up sleeping in there. And Bran tells... Uh, a little ghost story before they go to this fucking <laughs> go to sleep in this place where they're terrified of already. Yeah, which is like a weird move, especially when you know Hodor freaks out at thunder. Like maybe don't <laughs> fucking try and spook him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On this terrifying journey you're on, don't try and purposefully scare everyone at night time. Yeah, tell a story about a guy who cooks just a regular pie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then Man, murder someone's son. Imagine if he told a story about a guy who made a pie, and then Bran revealed he'd made them all a pie. That would have been really sweet. Yeah, that's a good twist ending. Rather than it being like, and mm. the killer was f- fucking here in the room, be like, yeah. and the pie was on top of the car. <laughs> Look on top of your car. There's a pie. Yeah, that's, that's delightful. That's delightful. <laughs> oh well. Anyway. Um, but after they're all spooked, they hear a fucking clanging and a cluttering down uh, downstairs. Mm. Uh, they all get very scared of, uh-oh, <laughs> it's only bloody idiot Sam. Oh, no. Wearing it's a terri- massive cloak over his head like he's never done. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrifying in that it's the worst character in the show. Uh-huh. And he is rapidly getting more and more competent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just by the circumstance. Last couple of it. Yeah, yeah. Him in this episode as well. It's he was like, "Oh, okay, this is actually you're helping out here." Hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So he tells so, them yeah. about the the dragon glass, right? That happens in this scene. Yeah. Uh, well, I think he tells them, um, "Hey, fucking don't go north of the wall. What are you doing here? You're John's brother, uh, right? Yes. I fucking love John." Yes, that's right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he does. They they say, he says, oh, I, I love John. I'll do anything for you. What do, what do you want me to do? And Bran says, take us north of the wall. And Sam is like, oh, why'd you say that? That's the one thing uh, I don't want to do. I could bake you a pie. <laughs> I, heard, I overheard your story. Maybe a little bit of a pie. But yeah, yes. they're, they're like, nah, we're going north of the wall because we're going to stop these White Walkers. Mm. And... You know, it's not clear what their fucking plan is to do that, but for some reason involves Bran. And Bran is very clearly like, I don't want to do it, but I don't have a choice. I've accepted this is my destiny for whatever reason. So that's going to happen. Yep. So, uh, you know, it's it's nice that uh, Bran and and Sam got to have a little chat about John. Talk mm. to each other, and now John's going to know where Bran is when Sam sees him. Yes, true, very true. So, uh, yeah, that he kind of like 
agrees to to help him out. And yeah, I guess is this it's halfway through the episode, but it, it felt like an ending of the episode thing where they do walk through the wall. Is that this bit too? Uh, because they leave it might quite be later. soon. Yeah, I, don't oh, I think it's here. No, I think it's here that they, yeah, they go downstairs and you're right. Sam does give them the dragon glass and says, hey, this stops them. You stab them with it. You chuck it on your arrow. Mm, and mm. they go through the little opening up the top of the sewer and, and fuck off. Ah, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Which is cool. Like, hey, let's, uh, at the very least, like, I don't know how you feel about this storyline, like the, the brand Hodor, Osha Mira. Well, I guess Osha's gone, but... Um, I, it's intriguing. I'm interested to see what happens. And that's the thing. It's definitely presented as a mystery. Like, you don't really know what Bran's powers are or in what way mm. they factor into trying to stop these White Walkers. Mm. But mm. clearly that's the goal, to use whatever he has to stop the White Walkers. Somehow. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Which uh, it, it presents very straightforwardly as a classic fantasy trope of, you know, like, gifted, special... Uh, the one um, going to save the day, and right. hey, Game of Thrones tends to undercut that kind of plotline. So, um, yeah, very interested to see what happens. Totally, and yes, you're completely right that this is the typical. This would be the protagonist in any other fantasy piece of fiction. Absolutely, it's it's crippled Harry Potter. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's uh, interesting shit. We now we move uh, over to the Iron Islands. And we check in with Balon Greyjoy, the saddest, saltiest, grittiest, meanest dude in all of the show. Yeah, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a, a bloody wet blanket. I went, and when they cut over to him, I was like, "Oh right, he exists." <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, him and uh, um, him and Yara. That's right. What what are what are the bloody what are the bloody um. The, the Greyjoys, the the seafaring Greyjoys sleep in. They sleep in a bloody wet blanket, don't they? Well, now look. <laughs> I think the phrase uh, eternal genius gets thrown around too often these days. <laughs> Full stop. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, Greyjoy, Balon Greyjoy has got a, um, uh, uh, a letter. A, a raven has arrived with, um, with mail from Ramsay Snow saying, yes, uh, get, with, the fu- uh, get the fuck out. You might even call it uh, extremely male. Mm. <laughs> male, po- uh, you know, ma- male, uh, male po- it's his dick. It's Theon's dick. It's Theon's dick. It's his penis. It's been and because off. this article, I just want to mention, because this article is from 2013, it does have a reference to, it's my dick in a box. <sighs> oh, <laughs> baby. That's awful. <laughs> um, but yeah, Balon Greyjoy is basically like, well, I don't have a son anymore, basically. Yeah. And like the weirdest reaction, Yara looks at it and she's like, Jesus, that's fucked. Mm-hmm. And Balon's like, oh, man, there goes my grandkid. Yeah. Yep. Uh, which is uh, not surprising, given the, the the presentation of this character uh, up until this point. He just seems like the worst dude and the worst Especially father. Especially when Theon is concerned, yeah, just an mm. awful person. Yeah. Um, so he basically just is like, I, I don't give a fuck about him anymore. He has no function, uh, and I'm not yeah. going to do anything about it. And uh, this is the nice letter- moment for Yara. The the letter demands that he remove all his the like give back all the places that the uh, the Ironborn took when they sort of mm. fled into the east of uh, Westeros. There, yes, 
Yes. The east, the west, whatever part of the area. I think east. I yeah. I think it's the I, west, actually, possibly. Fucking hell. I, one thing I have never really got a good grasp on uh, in this show is where anything is located, except for... It's crazy if a show that's credits is a map. Mm, mm. How confusing it can still be to figure mm-hmm. out where everything is in relation to each other. Absolutely. We've watched, what is it, at least 70 episodes of this show with a map shown to us at the start of every single one, and uh, I genuinely don't know where anything is. Yeah. I've got some idea of it now because I've like looked up the book maps, which are uh, easy yeah. to follow because they're not swooping around and mm. zigging and zagging. But yeah, so yeah, uh, Theon, Dick cut off, uh, Balon <laughs> angry about it. What else do I have to say? Yara um, <laughs> it, it decides like, all right, well, fuck you. I'm going to go help him. Yeah, yeah, which sort of... I don't know. That's a subversion of her character so far. Um, she was uh, just as mean to Theon when he came back, but I think this is the line. This like he, she realizes like, ah, oh, my brother's getting tortured. This is not cool. No matter how I feel about him. Yeah, and before they sort of went their separate ways for the last time. Um, mm. She was nice enough to him. She was like, hey, look, don't be a fucking idiot. Come home. You're a yes. great joy. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, she. Yeah, I forgot that. She was like, you don't have to do this. Like this, you're not going to get anything out of this. So it's better to just come home and maybe try and prove yourself, you know, <laughs> that way. Right. But yeah, the, that's Yara grabs a, a, the fastest ship and the 50 best killers. Yeah, and has some sort of plan to go and help Theon, which is uh, cool. Again, another interesting plotline that's beginning with a character who I find interesting. Yara's great. I like the actor. She uh, she performs the character well, and uh, yeah, another thread. Yep, it's good. This like because this is obviously the season finale of the third series. It's good. Uh, the little hooks it's placing in there for like, oh, cool. I want to see Yara do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see... There was something earlier in the episode as well. Oh, I want to see um, Roose Bolton sort of start making more moves and, you know, things like that. Yeah, yeah, the brand stuff. Um, Joffrey's getting the, way fucking weirder, so I want to the see Arya and, Arya and the Hound, we, we have no idea what, what they're going to do. Uh, although we do check in with them again this episode. But, yeah, there's a... There's a uh, uh, Game of Thrones does this really well. The season 10... Uh, Episode 10 of, of all the seasons tends to set up the next season really well and, and plant yeah. some intriguing seeds. Agreed. And th- this is not one of them, this next scene back in King's Landing. <laughs> no, it is not. Varys comes up to Shay and he's like, hey, can you leave? Because Tyrion is like, he's I like him. Tyrion mm-hmm. is one of the few people here who can make this uh, place a little bit nicer. And she's uh, he, so he gives Shay some diamonds, and he says, "Look, you're kind of fucking this for him," which I think mm. is correct on Varys's part. Absolutely, absolutely. And he offers her a bunch of diamonds to fuck off. And look, I understand why that is obviously kind of a rude thing to do. <laughs> she clearly would have issues with men offering her money to do things as well. Like you know, this totally, totally. is. A dodgy move from Varys, but he's like, look, you can buy a fucking house somewhere nice, 
please yeah. get out of this dangerous place where you're not helping the person who you claim to love. Absolutely. And like he, he delivers it in, I think, the most um, gentle way you can. You know, like but he very honest the as way. well. Yeah, o- honest, but he speaks in a calming tone. Like he is not confrontational. But you're right, like the very act that he is um, perpetrating is something that would strike it at the core of Shay's uh, morality and, and, and sense of self, probably. Especially when she says afterwards, like, if he wants me to leave, he can tell me himself, which, like, I don't think Varys is here on Tyrion's behalf. No, and it's strange to assume that. I think it's strange to assume that. I, like, I can see s- sort of why, because her brain thinks that, you know, Tyrion is secretly plotting again. Or I don't know. But, like, yeah, Varys... I, and then you also have to take Varys's claim that he wants Shay to leave because he thinks Tyrion can be a helpful force here at face value, which I actually kind mm. of do. I think so. I think that everything that, that we've seen from Varys so far indicates that uh, he's telling the truth. Yeah. If he knows about this situation that Tyrion and Shay have as well... And mm-hmm. instead of using that to manipulate Tyrion, is trying to better that situation for Tyrion, yeah. politically at least, you know, not emotionally. Yep. yep. I, I think he genuinely means it when he says, look, I'm on Tyrion's side here. Yeah, yeah, I I, uh, I agree. I completely agree. But yeah, she, but she rejects like, it. <laughs> completely. She's like, nah, fuck off. I'm, uh, I, I, I don't want to bloody leave and Tyrion could tell me himself but it's like Tyrion won't tell you anything he wants you to stay as well and he's weak about it exactly what he's said to you is like stop causing a ruckus because you're gonna get us both killed um that's that's what he has done he has actually verbalized that why would he go to this weird subterfuge uh to get rid of you when he's he's been straight up about it before totally and Varys is like, you're making Tyrion unhappy. Smash cut to Tyrion, drunk as he can possibly <laughs> be, trying to drink with Podrick. And uh, Cersei comes up and they have a little chat about, like, uh, what do they even talk about? Just kind of getting along brother-sister shit of like, oh, this is a rough situation, hey. Yeah, exactly, yeah. They they kind of grouse a little bit about their various situations and Cersei's sort of talking about Joffrey and how it's a shame that he's really fucked up. <laughs> and um, Yeah, she's yeah. like, he he asks, she says, put a baby in Sansa because mm. that'll at least give her something to do, which, yeah, oh, fucking <laughs> <laughs> this is cool. What, what hey, cool she, advice of you, Cersei. She might have wanted a career. That's so unfeminist of you, Cersei. <laughs> it's just so, like, it, it, ugh, everything about it is ridiculous. But, oh, but right, it, and, you it, know, I, for- it speaks I forgot very. To- yeah, sorry, sorry go, go on. I was just going to say it speaks very uh, directly to Cersei uh, as a person and, and her experience, obviously. Well, and they talk about that, Tyrion's like, okay, did that make you happy? And she's like, well, I'm not happy at all, you're right, but mm-hmm. the kids are the mm-hmm. only thing that I have in my life and even Joffrey can't take that away from me. Mm, yes. The fact that she says, like, even Joffrey can't ruin my memories I have of Joffrey is A, crazy, and B, kind of sweet. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. You get more and more of a sense um, of Cersei as a tragic character rather than a villain. But totally. kind of both. Those, kind of both. <laughs> completely. But those little those bits do slip out from time to time with Cersei that she has just been absolutely fucked over for her, her whole life. Yeah, She's like a... a, a malicious Sansa 
where yeah. she's been put into these same situations of a marriage she didn't want and all this stuff and like being basically a political prisoner, but like, nah, she's totally sort of made the best of it. But, um, earlier when, when Tyrion and Tywin are talking about Sansa and, uh, Tywin's like, you're going to have her baby. That kid is going to grow up and be politically important to us. And Tyrion's mm. like, I'm not going to rape her. And Tywin's like, do what you will for your family. And it's like, geez, fucking Tywin. Holy fuck. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've talked a little bit about how Tywin initially seemed like a, a competent, professional, intelligent character. And the show was having to purposefully make him into a villain. Um, but it, uh, I was, it's not like it's forced this, you know, it's not like it's wedged this in. It's it, This is stuff that it feels like now, to me at least, it is um, organically revealing about Tywin. He, yeah, he's just an it, incredibly it, callous man. He's, he's very callous and he is driven purely by um, the, like we talked about before, the obsession with family and the, the fact that that obsession really is just maybe a mask for his own personal um, lust for power. Totally. He sees people as pieces on a chessboard. Yep, totally. Totally. But yeah, so Tyrion and Cersei have another one of their like, well, we hate each other, but we're also the only people who we've got right now, so ugh, I guess mm. we'll talk. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, they talk about how uh, Cersei is like, well, the only way we finish this is we, we you know take care of all our enemies. And Tyrion rightly says every time you... Get rid of one enemy to uh, to pop up. Yeah, and so it's going to go on forever. It's going to go on forever. Like an endless, an endless wheel of time. Sorry, <laughs> Game of Thrones. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Speaking of people who uh, don't really like each other, but are the only people they have, Arya mm. and the Hound uh, still wandering around in the wilderness. I don't yep. know where they're going now. No, that's a good point. Uh, it might have been mentioned, but I don't know either. No, but they happen upon some uh, Frey uh, clansmen, some soldiers mm. out in the w- woods having a little mm-hmm. bit of a uh, rabbit cooked, <laughs> cooked rabbit. <laughs> yep. Yep. And, and uh, yeah, she goes up and she's like, I'm hungry. I'm starving. I'm, I want some food. Because they're talking about how, like, one of the guys is like, I'm the guy who sewed the wolf onto John's body. Oh, yeah. A Rob. And they're yeah, like, Rob's body, yeah. Hiya. Yeah. And she's like, how did you know my name? <laughs> Very good. But yeah, she fucking, like, really pulls off, like, some hitman shit here. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's fucked. So she... What does she do? She's like, oh, here's, uh, I've got this weird little coin. Do you, can I buy some food? Yeah, she's just pretending to be like this, you know, commoner wandering the woods. Yeah. And they're like, fuck yeah. off, little girl. Get out of here. And she's like, look, I'll give you some money if I can have some food. Drops it and makes the guy come near her and stabs mm. the absolute shit out of him. God, doesn't she? Um, yeah, like just multiple stabbies to the, is it the neck or the fucking chest or, yeah. All, just- all over the body. Yeah, just rips him up, just ripping and a tearing. And yeah, she has no exit strategy with this because the other three soldiers come over and they're like, "Well, we're gonna kill you," and the hound saves her. Yeah, which maybe yeah. was her exit strategy, I guess. I guess she just knew he was like three meters away, so yeah, <laughs> he was always gonna step in. Yeah, but so she fucking murders this man and uh, 
gives the hound his knife that she somehow stole off of him back. And he's like, Have you ever, is that the first man you've killed? And she's like, the first man, because she's killed a boy. Ah, uh, that's what it meant. I was like, I swear she killed she killed a dude. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, I think it was because it was a young boy. Yeah, okay. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah, she like, something about seeing two of her family members decapitated has um, made her a little bit violent. Yeah, yeah. Kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> seeing, seeing her brother's uh, headless body having a wolf attached to it and paraded around uh, has had some sort of psychological impact. It's weird. Yeah. It's fucked up. It's pretty pretty odd character development there to have uh, someone be <laughs> impacted by something like that. I mean, who would actually yeah, it's, care? Uh, it's, it's weird. I don't know why she just didn't go along with her day as usual, but um, mm-hmm. sure. All right. Okay, George. <laughs> hey, look, whatever. I guess he just doesn't understand people. <laughs> um, but yeah, a very significant... Um, uh, move forward in, in Arya's character Very significant And she is really looking at that coin That uh, Jack and Hagar gave her as well mm, mm, mm. Very Thinking true. about that hitman <laughs> um, So the next scene we have to check in upon Is uh, Is Egret Yep, she fucking tracks down Jon Snow, which isn't a surprise. Jon, I'm assuming, is terrible at covering his tracks, and she is. I'm sure, yeah. For years. He, he literally just got on a horse and rode in one direction. That cartoon eagle has uh, scratched up his face, and he's splashing it in a, in a stream, <sighs> and she comes up behind him, says her fucking catchphrase, which is so annoying. I'm honestly getting so annoyed by that this time watching it. I'm not sure why. It's just, it's too obvious. I think that's the thing. It's too written. It's too, it's way too obvious. Yeah. It didn't bother me as much the first time, but you know nothing, Jon Snow. It's like, how do situations for her to keep saying this come up? <laughs> and well, John, why- John is, to be fair, the most naive person in the entire world. True. And like when she says it, he like smiles and laughs and he's like, oh yeah, your catchphrase. And it's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's that's true. I don't, I do not remember her saying it so so many times. She says it a fucking lot, but she so um has a bow and arrow drawn on John, and he's like, "You won't shoot me, bonk." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is nice. I do like that. <laughs> they say that uh, he says that he loves her though. Takes three arrows and and rides off on his horse, and she looks pretty fucking upset about the whole interaction. Yep, yep. She's still surprisingly not okay with his complete betrayal. I feel like she's good enough with a bow that she could have killed him there and then if I've, she I've, wanted to. Absolutely agree. I thought the same thing the first time I watched it. She was holding back, definitely. Yeah. Well, because she gets him like in the leg, in the shoulder. Yeah. He's really, yep. you know. Which is sad. It, 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 it's, it's a clear sign that she's in love with him as well, and she's extremely conflicted and doesn't really know what to do. Yeah. But uh, he, he rides off, John, sort of mm-hmm. hunched over this horse, uh, presumably, well, we know it's off to Castle Black because we see him there later in the yep. episode. But in the meantime, there's Sam and Gilly are talking with Maester Eamon. Uh, she's named the baby Sam, which is uh, pretty uninventive. I was going to say the exact same thing. It was. It didn't seem particularly nice. It just seemed like the first name she thought thought of because Sam is there all the time. Oh, it's sweet though. It is a little nice. It's it but is like, nice, and she's a nice character. I just uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
he tells Maester Aemon about the uh, the White Walkers and everything that's happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, asks if Gilly can stay. Says like, "By the way, the kid ain't mine. Don't worry about it. I haven't broken any oaths." Yes, and everything seems to be going pretty well with them. That he's like, "Okay, yep, she's she, we'll protect her. We'll give her some food. Mm. We'll look after that kid." Uh, you can come and write some notes for me because we're sending some letters out. Yeah, big group email. Mm-hmm, let everybody mm-hmm. know about these White Walkers, and then yeah, John snows up. John, John snows up. <laughs> and, he uh, snows right up. He's fine. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. This this protagonist character has not died. No, he will. He's taken a couple of arrows, but. You know, they're going to help him, clearly. Yeah, he's taken an arrow to the knee, but he will keep adventuring. Uh, Ah. I think I read that in this recap. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway... Uh, that all yeah, happens. Anyway. So, uh, and we're kind of wrapping up with every character during this episode as well, because we go over to Davos and Gendry and mm-hmm. Stannis and uh, Melisandre. Yes. they're all. Um, so Davos and Gendry have a nice little chat down in the yeah. uh, prison about both of them being lowborn. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because Gendry is very uh, sort of not suspicious, but he is very defensive uh, towards Davos um, because he he's like, I heard the I heard them call you sir, and Davos obviously was part of the. The group that, um, in in essence, captured Gendry. Um, yeah. So Gendry has has reason to to dislike Davos, but Davos is like, no, 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 no. I'm from the streets. Yeah, I know the name of a couple of places in King's Landing. Yeah, and look, I don't like these fucking magic spells either. Why'd you even do it? That's crazy that you let her do the magic. And he's like, dude, hubba hubba. What what was I gonna do? <laughs> and um, Davos is like, oh yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, nah, yeah, yeah, nah, yeah, that's fair. But um, so yeah, the, a letter comes in about Rob having died. Like um, mm. uh, Davos is is reading letters up in the uh, room with uh, Stannis's daughter. What's her name? Uh, Shireen. Shireen. Uh, he's he's. Getting really good at reading. For a guy who couldn't yeah. read very recently, he's doing pretty well. I mean, he's not had a lot else to do. No, true, but I'm still very impressed with it, honestly. Yeah, me too. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's not impressive. I, no, I'm like, you think he's, he's a, a fucking idiot, and you, but so, you know, that's weird of you, but I, I think it's cool <laughs> that he's trying. I just think the lower classes should stick to, you know, like working in factories and stuff. I don't think they I need think to it's read. never too late to go back to uni. <laughs> But, uh, Educa- education is emancipation. Um, exactly. Davos, Davos. Yeah, he's he's reading some letters. Um, he does, so, so is Davos reading this to Stannis? Is that what's happening? So he reads the uh, the letter from the the Night's Watch and goes like, "Oh no!" You, and you don't know what's in there yet. Uh, then yes, runs down right. to Stannis, and Stannis has already learned about Rob's death and is like, mm. "Hey, we put that leech in the fire. It's got to be that." And yeah. Davos is quite correctly like. Or it could be that there's a war on and people die in war all of the time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they they have a little disagreement there about how powerful this magic is. What's the point of using all of this magic that Melisandre has? Is it okay? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. They have a chat about um, 
whether or not Gendry should be sacrificed to make Stannis win. Yes. Yep. And uh, yeah, he doesn't really bring up the uh, the letter that he ran down there to tell Stannis about. <laughs> Gets very he, distracted. What, what he does say is the, the whole the whole sort of conflict, I guess, between Stannis and Davos is that Davos. And he says this in this scene, I believe. He says, I didn't see the future in the fire, but what I know for a fact is that sacrificing an innocent person for whatever uh, cause is evil. It's wrong, it's bad, and it means that no matter what happens, quote-unquote, you have failed because you've sacrificed your own humanity and your own morality. It's the same thing as Tywin's argument before, right? Of like, well, I killed 12 people at a feast. Isn't that a good mm. thing since all these other people don't have to die? And Tyrion and, da- and Davos both have the same sort of like, nah. Nah, killing anyone is the worst option. And so all of our protagonists share the same sort of uh, moral code here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, he Davos says, don't don't kill the boy. Melisandre's like, kill the boy, and there's a shot of them looking like an angel and a devil on his shoulders, which I thought was very, almost on the nose, but it was still fine. It was, yes, yeah, I agree. It, it was it was borderline. But, uh, yeah, the, Stannis is like, nah, I'm going to kill that fucking kid. Yeah, yeah, he wants to win. He's seen it in the flames, and he's going to do it. So Davos runs downstairs... Let's Gendry out, and he's like, "All right, you ever been in a boat? Can you swim?" <laughs> Gendry's like, "Nah." He's like, "We'll get in the boat." Yeah, don't fall out. <laughs> Tells him how to do it, like points at a star for a second, and like, dude, how can how can how can he know what star you were pointing at? <laughs> he's fucked. He's just gonna row, row out into the middle of nowhere and die. Completely. He's like, when you get to the first place, don't worry about that. Keep rowing. Keep this thing to your left. <laughs> don't do it. Keep rowing. And like, gives him all these. And Gendry looks confused, but you know, happy. Yeah, he's not dead, at least. Yeah, exactly. Not yet, anyway. Mm. But then he rows off into the fucking darkness. Yep. And uh, presumably to his long and fulfilled life amongst the waves. Yeah. Yeah, this is another sort of um, sort of classic, if not fantasy trope, sort of TV trope of like, all right, he's free and he's going to pop up at a, at a moment uh, that's really, really key and he's going to save the day. But again, we're in Game of Thrones and maybe he is just going to row out into the middle of an ocean and drown and that's all we all we ever hear of him. Totally. Season four could open with his body floating in the water. Totally, with a note like stabbed against his, his, his torso saying like, don't, <laughs> row, you- <laughs> don't row boats, cunt. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the note said stabbed against his will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to get stabbed. No, with like a note pinned to him that says like "Thanks for the boat, mate" or something. Yeah, yeah. But so Stannis finds out about this and is immediately like, "Well, you've got to die, Davos." Sorry. And just yeah. before he gets taken off, Davos is like, "Oh, I got this letter. You're going to need me to fight them yeah. White Walkers." Yes, you're going to need me. You can't kill me because I'm a uh, expert in uh, zombie killing. <laughs> and then it, it it does seem like a flimsy excuse. And then mm. Melisandre's like, actually, we do need him. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Davos is is fine. He And he freed mm-hmm. Gendry. Good on you, yeah. Davos. Good stuff. Good moves this episode, Davo. Um, what is next? Ah, a certain one-handed man uh, returns to his favorite city. <laughs> 
Old Jamie. Yeah. He's old Jamie boy. Still, and he's there with uh, with um, Brienne and with Kyburn. Yeah. They wander into the city. He's still looking fucking real beat up and gross. His hand looks super infected. Yes, yes. He looks like he's just clinging on t- uh, to, to, to life. Um, yeah. yeah. But he sees, uh, sees Cersei and uh, he's like, hey, Cersei. And she's like, whoa. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's really all that's that it. happens. Yep. Pretty much we just know that he's alive and he made it back. Totally. And then, yeah, we have the thing that uh, we sort of alluded to before where Daenerys is outside of Yunkai. She's like, hey, I hope they come out soon. All those people are in the city. We're waiting. Yes, you're right. Yes, they they, they basically told us at the end of last episode, we successfully took the city, but we didn't see anything. Yeah. Um, but then we see all these slaves open the doors and come out, and or all these former slaves, I suppose, mm. and kind of wait for Daenerys to address them. Uh, Miss Sandy starts saying, like, hey, you owe her your freedom. And she's like, no, 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 nobody, you don't owe me jack shit. Your freedom is yours to take. You're going to have to do it. And then they're like, oh, how? <laughs> <laughs> how? Um, well, you need to come towards me and raise me up, not in a, 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 the sort of way that indicates that I'm better than you, just a fun way. Yeah, exactly. Like, they immediately switch from like, okay, take her own freedom. Well, can you do it? And they <laughs> yeah. start calling her Misa, which is, you know, understandable. They've probably been raised as slaves their whole lives. Yep. And, uh, you know, she gets up on a couple of their shoulders. They put her up on a couple of their shoulders. They do, yeah, to be fair, they do. And we kind of zoom out on a big throng of people from the city, going like, "All right, we're into we're into Daenerys." Yeah, yeah, and that's I, the episode. That's the episode. That's it. Um, not a huge sort of twist for Daenerys. Um, like a lot of the other plot uh, threads that we've followed so far have taken a big left turn. It feels like in this episode, this or is at just least a, a big uh, sort of a, a large step. Yes, uh, yes, that's fair. This this is a small step. It's what we expected to happen. I feel like, um, yeah. But it's interesting, and, and again, I think you know, ending on that sort of is uh, implies to me like, oh, that's right. We have to remember she is trying to take the Iron Throne, and now she's got an even bigger army. Right. Yeah. I mean, these people don't look like they would be useful for an army. Necessarily. No. No, that's that's true. But they're people. She's got numbers. She's got. She's. Right. She is. Uh, yeah, amassing some she, sort of following. She's becoming beloved too. Mm, yes. Yep. Yeah. Which aligns, uh, you know, with with the other protagonists we spoke of. The that moral code. What she's doing is freeing slaves. That is, um, you know, that is unassailably a good thing to do. Yeah. You don't sound convinced. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a dragon, a, a dragon flies towards the camera as well to to black out the camera at the end. Mm, a classic move. Yeah, but uh, that's it. That's season three. That's season three. Uh, that is, uh, I'm going to say, my favourite season um, so far, at least. I I thought a lot of good shit happened. We had a couple of flat episodes, but we had a couple of um, amazing episodes as well in there. Totally, and it and it's really ramping everything up well and, mm. and managing to make these secondary ancillary characters like Stannis was, like Davos was at the start, mm-hmm. like um, mm-hmm. 
Bruce and Ramsey were, like, you know, all these people who we didn't really care about and in, in any other TV show would have been side characters forever, making them main characters that are interesting. Absolutely. It's the fact that it's a show that can kill off main characters and protagonists in a shocking way that's never been done before and manage to replace them with just as interesting characters uh, is incredibly impressive. I think it's totally. It's, it, it, it's the thing that I love most about the show, probably. Killing off those specific characters, but not actually killing off the, the role and the function that they served mm. in the show, if that makes sense. Mm. Absolutely. And, and just very keeping, keeping the story uh, interesting and, and pacey and, and moving forward with a lot of intrigue and mystery is, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's very well done. Keeping it interesting and pacey and Dawson uh, is, <laughs> is very good. Uh, yeah, but that that's season three. Do you have any overall thoughts or should we wrap up soon? Because I, I, I have to run in a moment, unfortunately. Yeah, no, that's I, I, that's, I think, yeah, the fact that I think it's my favourite season at, at least so far uh, in, in our coverage of the show um, is probably the main thing. I loved it. I loved the Red Wedding episode. I thought this was a great episode. And yeah, the early episodes in the season were good too. I, I just think it's a good season. Agreed. Yeah. Um, well, I guess if this is your first time watching Game of Thrones, you should probably uh, head off very soon before we go into spoiler stuff. But are you talking to me? Pod at gmail dot com is our email address if you want to send one through. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, let's quickly read a, a non spoiler email. Um, cool. It is a reaction to the Red Wedding. Um, so Nick Jones writes in to us and he says, Hey guys, blah, 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 filthy casuals, which great, love it. Um, he says, The first time I saw the Red Wedding episode was also the first time my wife... Uh... His what? <laughs> no. Don't do it again. It, Don't do it again. It, it won't work no, again. I won't do it again. Uh, his wife, Laura, uh, watched the full <laughs> episode with me. <laughs> For context, everything I was watching, every time I was watching Game of Thrones, Laura would walk in and, and out during one of the many ex- sexploitation scenes, and she was, you know, kind of made fun of him for it. Uh, yeah. So to show her, it was more than just uh, TNA. Uh, he invited her to watch this episode, and after it finished, they were both speechless. They felt a bit sick. She had a lot of questions, and uh, Nick says he refused to answer any of her questions. He told her to watch all the previous episodes, which she did within a week. And I assume, yeah, they're both massive fans now. Um, but yeah, boy, it's it's an uh, episode that has an effect on anyone who watches it. It's uh, yeah, it's. it's oh. This show isn't just tits. There's heaps of violence as well. That's it. There's tits and dragons, as uh, Ian McShane said. Um, (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Nick Jones, for that email. Thank you for listening to this show. Uh, Yeah, that's probably it for non-spoiler stuff. Yeah. So if you don't want any spoilers for the rest of the series... Tune out now, but otherwise, welcome to the sealed section. Welcome to the sealed section. Um, uh, it's great to be here with with you all, yeah, the real fans. <laughs> um, I only wrote one note, but I think it's kind of a cool one for uh, stuff that happens. Because again, obviously, we, we can't just talk about where all this stuff goes because we all know that if we've seen the other episodes. But. Uh, mm. Bran telling everyone the story of the rat cook. Yes. It's what Arya does to Walder Frey eventually. Fuck, yeah. Oh, fuck. That's, yeah. 
spot on. That's that's great. That's very interesting. I didn't notice uh, that. I, like, and she's probably heard the same story from the same person growing mm-hmm. up, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that makes that's where she sense. got the idea from. Yeah, fuck, that's cool. Um, yeah. But you're right. Like, there's there's not heaps else to talk about. I didn't write any notes at all. Obviously, I uh, famously am against writing notes. I don't know about you. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, I feel like a lot of the stuff that we're getting into now is stuff that hasn't resolved yet in, in many ways. The Daenerys stuff, it's like, I don't know, you know, we're still three quarters of the way through that plot line. So. Right, totally. And we're entering, like, the Game of Thrones as a series' is second act here. Mm. Mm. I th- think yeah. Rob dying is kind of like... Cause, uh, weirdly, the Ned dying is the end of the prologue kind of thing. Yeah, totally. It, it's it's the moment that says like, okay, um, you've gotten used to a few things here, but this is actually what this show is like. And the, yeah, and we, we talked about it last week. They managed to pull off as shocking a move um, for a second time, and 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 arguably do it better. But mm. yeah, you're right. It's it's the end of that act. Um, I don't know about this uh, this next section, these next couple of seasons. I don't think I was a big fan of them. I don't honestly really remember them particularly clearly, uh, but I think I liked them, but I guess we'll I, see. I think, well, I think we started talking about them around maybe season five uh, in real time, and I remember being much more negative about them than you were. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to rewatch them with, with the knowledge that at least... Uh, a lot of good shit happens in season six, and um, and yeah. I, I do I get I got back on board in in, in the, my real time viewing of it. So yeah, yeah, I'm curious to watch it again. That's the thing. Season six is great, and I wouldn't do like a ranking of them or whatever right now. But uh, I think season six is my next favorite one mm. that comes up, mm. or like it's maybe my favorite one out of all of them. So everything being setting up things for that table to exist, yep. I'm, I'm looking forward to. Yes, yes. I, th- I feel like I'm going to be more positive about it, knowing that, yeah, a lot of the plot lines uh, resolve in, in very satisfying ways. But, um, yeah, yeah. there's not much more to say at this point, I don't think. don't know about you, but, um, yeah. No, that's it. A uh, uh, good episode and a good ending to a good series. Absolutely. Uh, so, Sealed Section listeners, season, Sealed Sectioners will be back next week. We'll be, uh, actually, no, we won't, will we, Adam? We'll be back the following week. Yeah, we'll be back the week after because uh, of our schedules. We're having to skip a week before we kick into the fourth series. We probably mm. should have mentioned that in the non-sealed part as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write it in the social posts and the description. But uh, yes, because I'm going on a holiday for uh, for about 10 days, we're going to uh, yeah have a little gap and then we'll start season four. We'll probably condense some of those episodes like we used to do into sort of doubles. Um, I think so the mid-series ones... Definitely. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, as I said, I don't remember loving these next couple of seasons, so I'm probably going to be happy to, to, to do that. But uh, yes, um, please keep emailing in. We, we have uh, a bunch um, backed up, which is great. Uh, we have a lot of uh, very interesting theories and questions from listeners, so please keep sending them in. AriaTalkingToMePod at gmail.com. Twitter. Uh, Aria talking to me. Facebook. Aria talking to me. Blah, 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 blah. We might even you know do where to like find a f- us. A full questions episode or something at some point because we end up running out of time. Mm. Yeah, that's email, so that might be a cool thing to do. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. If we can get back on track with uh, with our timing for um, 
leading into season eight. Yeah, that's probably uh, uh, a good idea. I like it. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening, and goodbye. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.